Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. Perfect timing. What's up? Good to see you guys tonight. As you can see, we're doing something a little bit different. Have you guys been enjoying our under construction series? Is anybody learning to trust the process? There we go. In the spirit of trusting the process, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to hear from the rest of our staff. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. So for anybody who does not know, this is the Fusion staff right here. A lot of hard work goes into what we do on Tuesday nights, small groups, just all the stuff that we do. This whole squad puts a lot of work in. Uh, So you guys can give it up one more time just for this squad right here. Not only do they put a lot of work in, but they all have a story. And everybody has a story. And I feel like you guys have been hearing a lot about my story, my process, but I think that it's good to hear other people's perspectives, hear other people's processes. And so I just wanted to talk about it tonight, Um, something very casual, just a conversation where we're able to talk about kind of what God has done in our lives, Um, And I just especially wanted you to hear, I'm going to try to focus more on them tonight. I wanted you guys to hear what they have been through, just some of the things that they've been through, some of the things that God has taught them in this trusting the process. So I'd like to start by you guys just introducing yourselves. What's up, everybody? (laughs) I always do that. My name is Tay. I am the women's director here at Fusion. Where my ladies at? I hear you, I hear you. So. Hey everybody, uh, my name is James. Uh, I am the Fusion worship pastor here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Victory, yeah. So, it's my honor. Squad. <laughs> What's up everybody, I'm E. Uh, Erskine C. Johnson III, and I am the Fusion ministry coordinator. Yeah. Coordinator. That's a real introduction. Y'all got to call him Erskine C. Johnson III every time you see him. <laughs> hey, Erskine? ECJ3. Okay. What does the C stand for? Yeah, that's a good question. See you later, alligator. <laughs> Negative. Y'all funny. That was a hard pass on that topic. Well, thank you for the intros. I also would like to hear just a little bit. I wanted them to give just an overall brief update on just kind of their background, what has led up to them being in this position at this time here at Fusion. If you guys could give us just a quick backstory on you guys so we can get to know you a little bit, starting with you, Tay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, whoever just said hey. Hey, I'm with you, I'm with you. Uh, Yeah, so I spoke here in December, I think it was. Um, I gave a little bit of my testimony before, but um, as you guys know, some of you may know, I did four years in Atlanta Leadership College, which is the, thank you, I appreciate you. (laughs) Which is the Bible college here based out of Victory. Um, and so after doing four years, they uh, help you get your first ministry job. So uh, I actually didn't know at all that I would be here um, because I was honestly going for uh, youth pastoring. And so I finished four years. Um, after my four years, I actually told Jeannie, who is the head of Atlanta, hey, uh, <laughs> who is the head of Atlanta Leadership College, 
you know, I feel like I need to go home for the summer uh, just to figure out my life, what's going on. I didn't want to go straight into ministry because I felt like the Lord had called me to just go home and serve my family and my church. And so uh, that's what I did. I didn't know what was coming after that. I didn't know um, anything except for I was supposed to go home. So I did that. uh, And then probably within the Second month of the summer, I get a call about you beautiful people. Uh, And I was like, man, I would love to do that. I love people. Um, I love discipleship. I love um, just the thought of, of, not the thought, I love women. (laughs) Uh, And hey, give it up for yourself. And so, so yeah, this is how I ended up here. um, and, And I'm having a blast, so. Hey, could you... Just briefly go into the backstory of before you got to Atlanta Leadership College. What was Tay like dun, prior dun, to dun. Bible College? Give us, give us the Tay? BC, Tay. Yeah, yeah, we need to know the Was process. there ever a BC, Tay? That's what we want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want to know. Ooh, What's uh, the background? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, before ALC, man, I... Oh. <laughs> that's what we want. <laughs> Man, I, I honestly didn't know who I was. Um, I was surrounded by sports. I played a lot of basketball, volleyball, softball, and that's what I knew. Um, that's what I based myself around, and that's what people saw me as, as someone who played sports. And so, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got a sports fan. Yeah. And so uh, that's how I identified myself. And so when it came, I did a lot of church. I was in ministry and all that still. Um, But when it came to Tay, who who are you? My answer would be, I'm I'm Tay the basketball player. You know, not Tay the child of God or Tay the daughter or whatever. Just Tay the basketball player. And so uh, I played basketball uh, two years in college. um, And then I came here, obviously, to Atlanta. And then, so yeah. I'm, I, I mean, if you want me to go a little bit deeper than that, I can, but... We can, we can dig in a little later. <laughs> We're going to get... Uh, trust me, I'm going to ask some questions. <laughs> James. Yes, sir. Uh, my story, I'm, I'm going to try to take you all back, and I'm going to try to be real quick. I, I told the team, one of, my, uh, one of my non-strengths is I tend to be long-winded, so I'm going to keep it real, real... Uh, thank you. I believe in you. Uh, no, for real, I... Most people, they see me, I, I live in Atlanta, I, I, I'm a worship pastor, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a husband and I'm a father, I have four kids now, but, thank you. Four. Thank you. Four kids. Four. And if, and if anybody is praying for five or six, just cancel it right now, okay? <laughs> pastor James, do you want more? No. No, I'm good. I'm stacked. Um, but no, like, like for real, I, about six, six years old, I, I said yes to Jesus mainly for like fire insurance. I don't know if anybody knows what that means, but that literally goes, hey, you're going to hell, little kid, if you don't accept Jesus. Cool. Let me, let me talk to him. We'll make this happen. Am I good now? Like for real, I, I grew up in church, but I did not understand uh, really who Jesus was. I didn't really have that relationship. It was mainly like, you're a terrible person. You've done all these terrible things. And I'm like, I'm six, man. Like, (laughs) how bad could I possibly be? (laughs) Like, I fight with my brothers. I stole one cookie. Like, what is wrong with you? Um, So fast forward to about like 16, um, my main kind of thought with Jesus was, I just want to be a good kid. I don't want to rock the boat. Uh, I want to keep going to church, and I don't want anybody to, like, see all the insecurity, all the fear, and all the doubt that I really have. Um, And then in 16, I was really just fortunate enough to have kind of an awakening. I read one book um, that really just kind of opened my eyes, and I was like, all right, I got to figure this thing out. I got to really feel... Uh, feel this thing out with Jesus. Am I in or am I out? I don't know if anybody's ever gone through that, but I just had a moment at 16 where I was like, I gotta be all the way in or I gotta be all the way out. Because honestly, like I was a really good kid. I wanted to wild out. I wanted to go have fun and party because I could never do that. But I was like, I gotta figure out this Jesus thing because if it is real, like I gotta really like give it my whole life. So uh, at 16, uh, just began to really pursue Jesus. And man, 
I found him. He started talking to me. I started beginning to, to really fall more in love with, with God. And uh, I was the guy that I was like, I was a creative kid. I loved to sing, loved to act and do all that stuff. Uh, e and I have that in common. Uh, and, and so I was headed to L.A. to be a film director. 16, 17, I was like, deuces. I'm gone. I grew up in the Midwest. I hated it. I always felt like I didn't belong. Deuces, I'm going to, to L.A. and I'm going to start like this crazy film career. So, um, and probably two years into like going to school and making that, that plan, God was like, hey, uh, you're going to do music. And I was like, uh, what? And I literally, I had this thought, God, I, I, I'm kind of bad at it. Like, I suck. I started at 15. There's plenty of people who have been doing this way longer. And just started beginning to lead worship. People asked me to start leading worship. I had no idea what that really even meant, to be honest. And I saw people falling in love with Jesus as I sang. And then I began to fall more in love with Jesus as I sang. Um, And so fast forward a little bit. uh, Talked to a friend that lived in Atlanta. I said, hey, man, uh, I just... I feel like I want to pursue music, and God said he's got me, and he said, you need to come down here. Uh, you don't need to go to Bible college. You don't need to go to seminary. Uh, you need to come down here, and so basically, Tay said that she did ALC. I did, like, the old school version of that, and so, like, for, and I want to make this point really quickly is, is I didn't want information. I wanted revelation, because I saw a bunch of people who really knew a lot about God, but I, did, I didn't see anybody in my friendship circle that knew God. And so, um, and so my best friend who lived here said, you want discipleship? And I was like, sure, whatever that means. And he was like, no, for real, like you, what you're saying, James, is you really want discipleship. So I came here, um, got plugged in, did three years of that, and just had an amazing mentor that said, James, you have a gift. Uh, but he's like, you're a diamond in the rough. That's, that's the exact words that he used to me. He said, you're a diamond in the rough, and if you let me shape your gifting and help kind of uh, cultivate your character and your relationship with God, I think you'll go far. And I've been here ever since. First can see Johnson the third. <laughs> Where should I start? June 4th. 1991, I was born. Conway Hospital. Squad. (laughs) Nah, um, man, I would say for me, uh, just kind of go back more so, my identity was uh, more so in football. Um, I was a football player since the age of seven, and through that, a lot of pride came up, a lot of just, just that piece of just um, having basically my identity wrapped around that whole thing as a whole. Um, what led me to uh, going to college, playing college ball as well. And through that, um, I had a gift of acting. I figured that out in high school. It was something like a hobby, but never wanted to take it seriously. And by majoring in acting in college and playing football as well, um, I had to actually take my backup plan, which was acting due to injuries playing football. So the same route like James here, my plan was to go to L.A., um, I had some uh, shows that I was actually working here um, my senior year, but I was hearing God calling me to, to actually come here to Atlanta. And it was a thing where it was like, no, I want to go to L.A. That's where the big time actors are. That's what we're going to do. And as I tried to put my agenda in front of God, he kept pushing it back every single time. And through that, um, that's what led me here to Atlanta because I was able to be obedient in that act of just him basically dangling opportunities in front of me to get me here, which truly uh, birthed my real relationship with Christ. Because I knew God, and also just being a football player, being like that hometown hero, um, I was raised in the church, and it was a thing where I would stand in a pulpit and tell kids what they need to do, uh, but then I was also doing what I wanted to do outside of that. And I didn't realize that until 2015, And I always call this on January 2nd, 2015, is when I gave God my last yes. It was FCA camps, it was running to the altar, all these different times, all through my life, but 2015 is when I gave him my final yes. Due to that, thank you, thank you. Due to that, I I actually gave him that that last yes in this room. Fusion, ATL on a Tuesday night. I got plugged into victory and Really just going through of being a small group leader, being a coach, um, just really figuring a lot of different things out. 
and I was challenged with a question from one of my good friends, and they said, you know, if you, um, if you didn't make it in acting, what would you do? And for me, I'm real optimistic. I'm like, bro, what you mean? Like, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> but for me, it was like, okay, what, what would you do if that didn't happen? And I really started to think about it, to say, okay, if I never, if I never got to that point of being an actor, like, legit, like, all the time, on, like, series regular, uh, lead role, all of that, what would I do? And really just thinking about that, I was thinking about, I've never, the pleasures that I've had is in ministry and in the industry. So if I'm not acting, I got to do something in regards to ministry. So through that, that's when God started to steer up, um, you know, working in a church. And that was something I've never wanted to do. Um, but to do to the faithfulness in that, um, he made a way because through calling me to ministry, he was also still keeping me in the industry. And for me, I'm like, what does that look like? How can you be in ministry and also be an actor? That don't work. I never seen it. But a lot of times in our generation, as millennials, we like to mimic someone. And we have to find that example. We have to find that, that person who's gonna help guide us into that direction. And every single time, he would always say, my son. And I'm like, Jesus, come on now. <laughs> Jesus is not an actor. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are you saying? But when he really opened my eyes more so of, and just a quick thing that God showed me was, you know, with God being a filmmaker, God designed everything. He made the earth, the moon, the stars, everything on land. He is the person who gave the command, and it happened. And he also called his son into existence to come on earth to perform everything that he wanted to happen. So as God being the director, Jesus being the performer, the actor, the power had to come from the Holy Spirit, which is his talent. So when I finally got that revelation, I was like, bet. <laughs> okay, you're gonna do it. And due to that, it was never figuring out how this could actually happen, but he also said, it doesn't matter what anyone else may think, it's about me. I put people in position. And for anyone, anybody that's put in a position, no, it's not by a man calling you into a room, doing an interview, God opens those doors for you. Because no one could ever think that a person who was a full-time actor could actually be on staff. And one thing with that, I had to continue to share what God was sharing to me, and by God softening their hearts, that door opened up for me here as an admin, and now I'm promoted as a coordinator. That's good. So something that I heard that was consistent in all of you guys' stories is you, you didn't expect to be here. So if you could just briefly share, what gives you peace about being here? Like, what makes you think that this is the right place for you? I would say for me, I'll wait it for a little bit. Um, I'll say for me, man, the peace comes from my why. The peace comes from my why because the why of why I do what I do is for his glory. And because he's done so much in my life, I want to make sure that everyone can experience that kind of peace. Everyone can experience that kind of joy in whatever field or realm that he's giving you authority in. So in that, the peace for me was if I can be honest tell people where, why God has me here on earth in a room to where people has, have to make these decisions. If they're going to say yes, then I'm going to give my yes. I'm going to give my whole heart in everything that I do. When I'm here, when I'm out there, because the thing is, God, the, the greatest commission is to go out and make disciples. One thing about it, we can continue to, to have fellowship here, and that's what we need. This is the storehouse. But as we're equipping people here, when are we ever gonna allow the world to benefit from what we get? So the joy in that to know that I can get sharp, I can get around community, I can get with my pastors, I can get with people to get poured into so I can give. As we're vessels, we're being filled and we have to pour out every single day. So that peace comes from knowing the benefits, what God gets when I do what he's called me to do.
Uh, I think for me, you know, like I mentioned, I wanted to be a film director. I, and I had so many people say, like, man, you're going to be a pastor someday. And I was like, no, nah, man, that's cool. You can keep that. I don't want that. Um, but, I, but I've realized as I, you know, as I wanted to be a film director, as I, as I began to do music and then lead people in worship, and there's moments where I'm going, God, is this it? Like, is this all I'm ever supposed to do? And not, that I'm, not that I'm unhappy with it, but there's moments where I go, man, I'd still love to direct a short film, or I'd really love to accomplish that, or I'd really love to write a book. And I go, God, is this just, is this just me, or is this you, or what's going on? And, and I felt like God said, James, you're, you're a storyteller. So all of those little things make sense. Because I was asking God, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Not what's my calling, because I think that's a little bit different. God, what's my purpose? And, and God said, James, you, you are called to tell people the story, the story of God. And you're also here to remind them that their story matters within his story. And so what I, what I kind of learned was, uh, you know, purpose is eternal. My, the storyteller uh, story in me will never leave. My purpose is eternal, but my calling can be seasonal. And so in this season, and for honestly for the last eight years, I have been called to be a worship pastor at Victory World Church in Atlanta, Georgia. And honestly, personally, I would prefer still to be on the West Coast. But God said, that is where you're called. I said, that's all I need to know. So, and, and, and hopefully that'll help someone's journey. Purpose is eternal. Ask God, what's your purpose? Because that doesn't change. That's who you are. He put that in you. But your calling and the things that you do, the title, that's seasonal. That can change. You're not just one thing. Does it make sense? Yeah. So that gives me peace in the here and now. To, to, To stay here, to focus, and be happy here, but to not give up on what I also feel like is in the future for me. That's good. Uh, for me, I would say it's really what I'm, what I'm passionate about, um, what gets me up in the morning, uh, seeing different faces, different stories, um, even when it's hard or what I don't understand or while I'm going through other processes in my life, um, this is what I love. Uh, and I think that God has given me the grace to be able to stand up here today and say, man, I'm, I'm here for you. I love you. Even though I might be going through hard things myself, it's like I love this and, and being able to do this as a whole that, uh, you know, God just gives me that grace to be able to do this. And so I think for me, it's really just what I'm passionate about and what I've been graced to do. Um, through the good, the bad, my past, um, everything. And uh, I I think that God has just been good and faithful in that Um, because a lot of people can't say, you know, I love my job or I love what I do. But the fact that I get to hang out with different people, get to know different people, get to disciple, um, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what makes me smile. Even when Vance or Jeannie asks me, you know, How's it going in Fusion, or what are some stories? It's like, it's exciting for me to be able to say, hey, I spent time with, uh, you know, Tyra or Sesame or whoever, you know, or like, um, or different, different people. And so, so, yeah, I think if that answers your question, yeah. um, just my passion, what I'm passionate about, so. That's awesome. The reason that I wanted to do this is because I, you see how many different personalities are up here? how individual each person is, um, I'm hoping that you guys will hear yourselves in at least one of these stories, but you'll probably hear a little bit of yourself in each one. Um, As we're talking about being under construction, everybody goes through a process, and I think one of the toughest things about being a young adult is this idea that we're supposed to have it figured out and that it's supposed to look a certain way, and we've seen it happen for one person or even multiple people a certain way, and we think that our life is supposed to go that way. And so the heart behind this is really, if nothing else, to see that, man, God works uniquely in each person's life, but there are certain consistencies. I think that James hit on something beautiful when he was talking about purpose versus calling. 
I think that's, uh, that was a great way of articulating it uh, because I think at the, at the end of the day, that was a consistent line through all of their answers is they, they believe that this is a part of their purpose. And I would, I would encourage all of you guys to really be getting with God to ask him that question, what is my purpose? Because so many of us will, you know, whether it's somebody who grew up in the church who somebody prophesied over you when you were six and said, you're called to do this. And you think that that's what your life is supposed to look like. Or maybe God has spoken something to you and said, you know, you're called to do this. And then a lot of times we'll put our lives through this one filter. And sometimes we'll miss opportunities because God gives us a glimpse of what's in our future. And we don't understand how vast that is, how that can vary from season to season. Uh, But it's this purpose that's the consistent line going through all of it. I'm somebody I've been through a lot of different seasons, a bunch of different jobs and different opportunities. But what I've seen is God cultivating something in me regarding my purpose through each season of my life. And I believe that happens for each and every one of us. Uh, One of the most important things that we've been talking about in this series is I believe that there are some foundational qualities to a life that looks like Christ. Um, the process that God is bringing us through. One of the main things that I've been talking about is humility. And I think that's something that regardless of who you are, though your process may be unique, there are certain things that God has to instill in you to take you somewhere. And I want us to talk about that in our individual lives tonight. Um, Maybe just a particular instance, maybe if I say the word humility, for me, there are certain instances that come to my mind is there an instance that comes to your mind that makes you think, man, God, God used that to humble me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys can jump in. Go ahead. It's, yeah, when I hear that word humble, pride, all those different things, I think back to how I grew up. Like, let's, let's face it, I've never, you, you've probably never met a jock who was humble. You've never met a football player who was really like very meek, very in that place where, you know what I'm saying, they're not trying to show off. Because honestly, it's kind of the reason why I played ball. I wanted to show off. I wanted to show people my talent. I wanted to show people what I could do. Um, and just through that, I've developed a gift. I developed more so the, the muscle and just the, the grit and, and all those different things that got me to college. And also in that piece, it's also just with... Um, just in a, in a sense where in that God had to humble me because through playing football and then I jumped into another realm where people are prideful as well. You don't meet a lot of actors who are humble. A lot of people are stuck up. A lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Like, so for me, I just jumped right into what I already was doing. I was showing off. I was showcasing my talent, being better than everybody else. And everybody who was under me, I treated them like trash. That's what it was. So through that, I look at how God had to humble me, and it was in 2014. I was getting all this fame and and working on TV shows like The Game, Have and Have Nots, and I remember just going home and just looking up at people like, what you, (laughs) like, bro, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah, I I don't really mess with them. Spending money like crazy, you know what I'm saying? Living that kind of life. And what God had to do he had to humble me because of where he was trying to take me. If I would have take that pride, if I would take that pride into this role that I'm in, it wouldn't have worked. I wouldn't have been effective. I wouldn't be able to truly uh, communicate the gospel in a way where people know that God is love. So through that humbling piece for me in 2014, I lost everything. I lost my, my apartment. I had no money. I was living in my truck from time to time, staying with people I went to college with, on their couch, on their floor. And I just remember every night, on the, like I legit, it was like a floor just like this, and I had like a little blow up mattress that's probably filled up by that much air. <laughs> so you know my back hitting the floor. <laughs> that air, ain't gonna, it ain't gonna stay in there. But I just remember like from all the back pains, rolling over, shoulder hurting, all of that, like just like, dang, bro, this life? Like I went from 
doing all these different things, people seeing me on TV. And the crazy thing is, while I was laying on that floor, I was still being shown on TV. <laughs> Humility. But in that, it was, like I said, I told my story before, but in 2014, I took a trip. My, my cousin was playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. I had nothing. I called him, told him, bro, I ain't got nothing, bro. I just need to, to get away and, and just come stay with you for a little bit. So I stayed in Kansas City for a little minute, Christmas and New Year's, and I just did everything I wanted to do, everything I wanted to do. And on my way back, God was like, so what you going back to? All my stuff packed in my truck. So what you going to do? I don't know. Probably go stay with my girl or something. You know what I'm saying? Don't got a place to stay. So in that moment, God took me to my lowest point. I can't go back home because I done stunted on everybody back home. <laughs> right? Y'all know, come on, y'all did it before. Stun on people, now you, you in Atlanta, and now you can't go back home. <laughs> So you know that plan is dead. <laughs> I'm not going back home. Oh, I'm going to have to suffer. <laughs> but I thank God that I was able to suffer because now, by trusting that process, man, I am so glad I gave him that last yes. I'm so glad that he humbled me in that moment, laying on floors, standing on couches, other people's house to the point where now I have my own. By being faithful in that season, and allowing him to place his hand on me to humble me in that way to now I can see the fruit now. There's, there's a couple instances that I could probably think of, but the one thing that I, I kind of want, like you covered, I think one type of person really well, and I wanna make sure that we hit this before we move on. There's, there's the people that, there's like two kinds of people. There's people that really look prideful because it's really obvious and then like people who don't look prideful at all, but are really prideful. And what I mean by that is, I tend to be that person. I don't, I don't tend to like try to show off or put myself out there or really assert. I will do that if I'm very competitive, but it's not because I want to show off, I just want to win. Um, That's showing off. I know. Yeah, agree to disagree, whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but for me, I will sit there, whatever I'm going through, and I'll go, I know better than that. Oh my gosh. How do they not see that? How do they not know that? And it's a very silent pride. And so it's nothing that people like see, but it's still in there. Yeah. And, and God has had to over and over and over be like, what the heck, God? Ugh, how do they not know that? He goes, do you know everything? No. Do you see everything? Heck yeah, I see everything. <laughs> Do you really see everything? No, no, I don't see everything. Okay, then shut up. <laughs> like for real, how many, like, I'm not, you're not, I'm not calling you out. I'm calling myself out. Like we tend to associate pride with very visual stuff. But I would say the majority of us are the people that like sit back and go, if I only got a chance, I would show people how it's done. And it's because we think that we know better and we think that we see better. And that's pride. When you think you know better than God, there's so many moments where I've been, oh man, I would do this. And God's like, you really, do you know better than me? No. Well, you're acting like it. Like, how many times have I had that with my kid? I go, do you really know what you're talking about? <laughs> yes! <laughs> LeBron James is playing for the Cuban Slavaliers. <laughs> that ain't the team, homie. Yes, it is, Dad. I saw it on TV. Well, it's the Cavaliers, and you're wrong. <laughs> but, like, for real, like, we are those kids a lot of times. And I think it's really important for us to remember that because a lot of us can, can somewhat be like really quiet and really reserved and not really assertive. And so a lot of times we go, yeah, I'm not prideful, I'm cool. Because it's not visual. And sometimes it's not even visual to yourself. But God has had to ask me that. Do you see everything? No, Jesus, I only see 
in part. I, I see from my personality. I see from my view. Okay, do you believe that I see everything? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know you see everything, and I know you know better. Cool. Then shut up and trust me. There we go. I mean, it's blunt, but it's real. The book of James. Indeed. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm a dad. I just, bottom line. We appreciate it. You know those people that you like, you tell them, oh, you're so good at this. And then they look back and they're like, oh, no, I'm not. You know, whatever. Just to, so that they can know that, you know, you said they're good or whatever. Like, do you guys, do you guys? Get that? Yes. A little bit? Okay, thank yes. you, James. Yeah. That was me. I was, that, I was that person that if someone told me, man, you're so good at this sport or you're so good at singing or whatever, I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not. You're so kind. With really in my head, I'm like, you better know I'm the best person <laughs> up in this place. Uh, recognize. <laughs> you, okay. I was not playing around. So in high school, it's funny. Uh, in, when I played basketball, that was my main sport, volleyball and softball were just side things. But uh, I had this thing in my head that I was going to be the best. I was the best on the team. I'm the one that's scoring all the points. All the uh, plays run through me. Like, it, I was not playing around. Okay? Like, even the coach, pride, like, pride, they were... <laughs> yeah, it was pride. I, he asked about pride. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, listen, listen. I'm trying to tell you how I came. I so, that. I'm just, you know, it's, it's a journey. It's a, it's a process. Okay, so... <laughs> so, uh, that, that was, was, was what... The, you got it. You got it. That is what was in my head, is that I was going to be the best at everything. And so when I came to Atlanta, uh, I went to ALC, and I got stripped of everything that I knew. Um, sports, singing, anything that you could think of, they, not they, but pretty much they took it away. <laughs> And I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where to go. And so pretty much your first year is just like you receive, you know, you and the Lord, you, you get good with the Lord, and, and that's it. You're not doing anything else. And so there was no opportunity for me to perform. There was no opportunity for me to do anything. Even when it came to singing, I think I sang on the platform maybe like twice. And then my best friend was like on everybody's platform on V1. I'm like, I hate you, you know, uh, because I wanted, I just wanted people to see me. I wanted to be the best or whatever, but it wasn't until all of that was taken away. Um, and for someone to look me in the face and ask me who I was, and it, and it wasn't until my second year, like I didn't, nobody asked me that my first year. Nobody asked me that. Definitely nobody asked me that when I was back home. Um, people applauded me actually. And they didn't even know that I was this broken girl inside who really thought she had no purpose except for with a basketball in her hand. Um, and so I, someone asked me what my per or who I was and I told them I didn't know. And then uh, after that, they looked at me and they said, before anything that you do, any talent, um, any, anything that you can do to perform, you were put on this earth to be loved by God. And that, to me, it was like, all right, you know, like, I understand that, but I don't. Um, and it took me a while, even now, it's like, I don't have to do X, Y, Z for, you know, you guys to like me or the Lord to be like, oh my God, yeah, that daughter, I'm so proud. No, like, he loves me just for me. Um, and so, thanks. Uh, and so that was <laughs> something that I had to learn and come down to for everything to be stripped away for me to realize say, you're not all that. It's not all about you. Um, but I love you anyway. I love you in this moment. Um, I love you through your pride. Uh, and, and this is what I have to teach you, you know, through this process. So, yeah. That's good. So we talked about where Jesus says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. I just want to ask, all these stories have been about God humbling you. Through that process, have you learned to humble yourself? And then what does that look like? And anybody could jump in. I, I think it, it goes right along with what I just said. Like, I, if there's any moment where I go in, I just have to go, I only see what I see. And there's so many other perspectives on the situation. There's so many other ways to do it. Um, 
whether it's something that you're trying to accomplish or something that you're trying to figure out for somebody, uh, or if you're going, hey, like, I might be able to solve this problem or whatever. Um, uh, what I'll say is this, and this will be very quick. Uh, everybody knows a watermelon is not completely round, right? It's not like a basketball shape. It's a little, like, crazy. My, one, of my, one of my friends in, in the program said this back in the day. It was probably, like, 10 years ago. And he goes, James, you got to gotta learn how to look at both sides of the watermelon. And I was like, that makes no sense. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, check it. If, if, if you hold it long ways, you, you really only can see one side. You can't see it fully. And then you, when you twist it around, you still only, you can see, now you can see the other side that you couldn't see, but everything that you had in focus is now hazy again. And then even if you take it long ways like this and, and flip it, now you're looking down the barrel of the thing and now you're seeing even smaller. And he goes, you just have to learn how to like go into a situation. You even have to go into moments uh, with the Lord, with your own heart and kind of twist the watermelon, whether it's a situation or a problem or something in your heart um, or you're going, man, I got this. I can be that person or I can, I can nail this job. I'm, I'm qualified, da, 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 da. Cool. Let me look at both sides of the watermelon. Let me, let me look at both sides of the thing because you become more, more informed, but at the same time, you become more humble because you have to start that simple process with, I only see in part. Does that make sense? Like, I only see what I can see, and I can't see what I can't see. It's like, duh. But how, mu- how many times are we like, I got this. I see everything. I got to figure it out. That's but good. we don't. But we don't. So I've learned to really approach situations like that. So even on our team, if I'm like, hey, guys, I'm seeing that this is, I see that this is a problem, or I see that we could be better, or I could see that we need to, like, find a new rhythm or find another thing, my next question is, what do you guys think? Because you see what I don't see. And you're able to inform something. And so it's a better decision together. It serves you guys better. Uh, it serves us better, and then we begin to do things together. And I think in your life, like, if you, can really f- if you can really figure that out and make it you, not just like, oh, I should maybe do that this one time, but, like, really whatever it is that you're going at and trying to tackle, if you, like, I'm going to flip this situation, and I'm going to look at it from all angles, all sides, and try to understand it. That's good. That's really good. Anybody else want to jump in on that? Or we can move on? I mean... For me, how I humble myself is it doesn't matter whether it's big or small. Um, For me, I have to go to God with everything because I never want to get to a place where thinking that my decisions are right. And in retrospect to that, I also have to have community. As James talked about the team, I need people certain areas of my life. When we talk about the watermelon, I need someone to see here, there, and here because all I see is here. And I have brothers in every area of my life. And I go to every last one of them for all those areas of my life. Because I dealt with pride so much, I want to make sure that I don't do that again. Mm. And I'm still going to fail. But I also know, even as you were speaking, you know, all of us have pride. But not like, but not, let's not give it a pass. Mm. We all have pride, but let's not give it a pass to do what we want to do. We need people around us to speak into our lives in every area of our lives, and we never want to take in consideration (laughs) our own wisdom, our own knowledge to make a decision. And even in that, I I humble myself even more to where, for example, like there's people that I've had conversations with that I probably didn't have those conversations well. And I also want to extend that to say, hey, how can I be better? As a coordinator, as a person who's oversight over leadership here, um, in what way can I speak better to you? And I open that door to say, I want you to help me. So for all leaders in here, help me. You have that door. That door is open. And I want to make sure because I want to be the best person that can serve you in in this moment, in this season where God has me. So as we keep that door open for the people and also know that there's no situation big or small that I can't go to God with. That's good. 
I want to close out with this question. What do you think is the most valuable thing that you're learning right now? Because the process wasn't just before you got here. There's a process that you're going through right now. Our entire lives, is a, it's a construction process. What's the most valuable thing you feel like God is teaching you, building in you, cultivating in you right now? <laughs> now that's deep, man. Um, you want me to answer first? Go ahead, bro. Second? <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with what James just said, that you don't see everything. Um, and just how much I need God. Because as, as I'm put in new positions in new places, given new opportunities, I learn more of what I don't know. Does that make sense? There's, there's a common saying that you don't know what you don't know. And I think that's why humility is so important. And that's why I wanted to really hone in on it tonight because it's one of the most important characteristics that you can have in a relationship with God is your understanding that God knows more than you, he's bigger than you, that he's active. I'm in a position now where I never want to get up here and just tell you guys my opinion, give you guys my perspective, and not just from a platform perspective, but in conversations, um, I'm seeing how much I need God. I'm seeing my need for him constantly and consistently because elevation, it exposes you, not necessarily that you know, you have to have craziness going on in your life and that it exposes you to people. It exposes you to yourself. You getting to know God and the deeper you go with him and the new opportunities that he brings you to, the higher and higher he brings you, the more you see, wow, I'm really not qualified to do what God's calling me to do. And that's the beautiful thing because God's not going to bring you to a place where you don't need him. But the more you know you need him, the higher he can take you. And that's because he wants to use you. He doesn't just want to put you in a place and have you shine. That's a piece of it. You know, you, you want to let your light shine. But he wants to be able to use you. But if you don't know your need for him, he can't use you in the capacity that he wants you to. So for me, I'm learning more and more about the value of needing God. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, you got it. Oh, oh that, that's just a great question. It, it's weighty. Um, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> man, I, right now, um, let's be transparent. How about that? Let's okay. do it. Listen, let's, let's do this. Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies. Do you okay. want me to hold your water? Yeah, yeah, because okay. it's about to get... <laughs> uh, I just really wanted it. That's fine. <laughs> you can open it, but don't put your mouth. Right. <laughs> That's my brother. All right. Uh, okay. So, gosh, uh, one of the things that the Lord is teaching me is that the question? Yeah. Yes. The Lord is teaching me um, is to trust Him with my past. Now, not like I did anything crazy, but like trust him with my past trauma. Um, so if you were here in December, I talked a lot about my, uh, my story um, where I was molested as a kid and it, I just kept it a secret pretty much until uh, this past summer. Um, and so now uh, I have been challenged by uh, someone who's very dear to me to um, go into that room, but not don't go in there until I see Jesus holding my hand. Um, it's scary. It's hard. Uh, I don't understand. Um, I don't. I don't know what that looks like. Um, and honestly, I don't want to feel the the pain. I don't want to feel the emotion. I don't. And. I was even telling this person today, I, I said, you know, I think if I'm being honest, I chose not to see Jesus because I'm, I'm scared. 
And so I think uh, right now, even, it's so funny because she came to me and whatever. Um, so even right now, it's like the Lord is teaching me and bringing people to me um, to remind me to trust him in the process of that there is light at the end of the tunnel that he wants all my broken pieces, you know, like not just the good, not just when I'm up and, and, and happy and all this good stuff, but even the, the dark, the ugly, um, and, and the painful. And so, I, again, I'm still walking through this. I'm still navigating through it. Um, and he's still teaching me uh, what that looks like. I don't get it right all the time. Sometimes it's hard to trust, um, but I'm learning. Again, he's sending people to uh, speak to me um, and reminding me that it's okay. Um, and so, so, yeah, I think the biggest thing right now is just to trust him with what I don't see or what seems impossible um, and that it's okay to be where I am. Um, it's easy to stand up here and be in ministry and say, I'm good. I got it all together. Yeah, I trust God. You know, I, X, Y, Z. No. I, don't, I, I would be a fool to, for, to me even say that to you. Um, and so it has been one of the hardest journeys of my life. Um, but one, one day at a time. <laughs> Trust in the so. process. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Tay, for real. I'll say for me, um, in the season that I'm in now, and it's so timely because it, at Victory here, we're in a rhythm series, and we just had uh, the rhythm of rest and the rhythm of joy. And it's so timely for me because, be honest, I was burning out. Keep it 100. I was dead. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I was hurt. But in that, what God is showing me is in the midst of doing his work, I have to do it with him. That's good. If we do his work or do anything without him, we're going to feel the weight. So not even knowing, I've been operating in my own wisdom, my own truth, my own flesh to help run this ministry. And revelation came today. Because as I'm, I'm knowing that when I spend time with God, he gives me the strength to do. And there's times where I don't prioritize him throughout my day. I get a big dose of him in the morning, and I give him a little bit at night. Or I give him a little bit in the morning, nothing in the middle, nothing at night. But I'm in ministry. So my thing is how I really just see the prioritizing piece to where God is taking me. In order to do his work, I have to bring him with me. So in the season that I'm in now, I'm learning to rest. I'm learning to operate in humility. I'm learning to operate in, in a place where I can communicate how I feel. And I feel a lot of times we, when we're doing on our jobs or whatever, we're just kind of doing what we need to do. Let's knock it out. Let's, let's push forth. But at the same time, like, what power are you using to do that? Because my thing is in this season, as I'm reevaluating some things, bless you, I want to make sure that I can do this for the long haul, whether I'm in this church or I'm doing it as a full-time actor. Whatever that may look like, ministry will always be a part of my life. But with that, thank you. But with that, how can I do ministry without the Messiah? How can I do anything by speaking his name and not bringing him alongside me? So through that, I'm prioritizing myself because even I did a message with uh, the service coordinating team for the retreat 
And we talked about Matthew 22 where uh, love God with everything you have and love others like you love yourself. But how can we truly understand that love if we're not, basically if we're not understanding that love, where that love's come from? Why does he love me? How much do I have to love him with everything? But how can I love others if I never love myself? And if I'm not taking care of myself, the love that I give you doesn't come from a good place. So as I'm building this rhythm of ministry, building this rhythm in the industry, building this rhythm as a son, I have to bring God alongside of me and know even in the peace, because what it, what it basically is, I'm operating in pride. I'm operating in a place to think I can do it by myself. And when now I'm aware of that, now I know what I need to do to prioritize it and truly it's more so of prioritizing me as a son and not just for the things that I do on a daily basis. That's good, man. You know, we're in this under construction series and uh, I'm about to butcher this verse. Um, I should have looked it up before I came out here. Butcher. Um, you got it. There's a verse in First uh, uh, Corinthians and it's funny that Oakley was on stage with us tonight because... Uh, the Lord kind of brought it to mind. A couple of months ago, I was, I was hanging out with ALC and their worshipers, and God was like, this thing. And I, and I basically sat them all down, and I said, when everything ends, when this world is brought to a close, and God is judging every single person, everything you do, every gift, every task, every hour, uh, every song, Every hug you gave, every little bit of wisdom will be laid on an altar and fire will purify it. And whatever remains was done selflessly, was out of love, was out of, heart, out of a heart to follow Jesus. Whatever remains, that's a really weighty thing to be like, God, I'm under construction and I'm building this life, man. And I'm, and I'm getting the first story and the second story and the third story. It, can I just be honest tonight? It like scares me. It humbles me to think I could live a life that most people would applaud. Live it for 80 years, die, and everything is brought to a close. And I'm going, look at this 100 story thing that I've built. Look at all these songs, all these giftings, all these people that I brought to you, Jesus. And it's like, boom, fire. Oh. <laughs> Where did all that go? You did that out of selfish ambition. You did that because you wanted to be seen. You did that because of what someone else could give to you in return. You did it for every other reason in the book other than your love for me. And when you think about the fact that we're under construction, uh, any parents in the room? We got a few. Yeah. Yeah, don't leave till the message is over. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we get those texts sent out too early. Uh, we're working on that. Now nah, we had to let y'all know real quick. Don't leave until the message is over. I good. just threw someone under the bus unintentionally. I'm so sorry. Yeah, take that out of the podcast. <laughs> I have four children, and I'm trying to set their foundation now. Sometimes they have the right faith, and sometimes they have the wrong faith. But they're all people of faith, and they're all kids of faith. Every single person in this room is a person of faith. Sometimes I've come across people who are like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I might be a little spiritual, but I don't believe in God. I'm over faith. I'm, I'm not a person of faith. I go, are you capable of being fearful? Are you capable of fear? Yeah, of course I've been afraid. Then you're a person of faith because you have a faith in a negative future for yourself. You are a person of faith. So I look at my children and I say, I want to raise them to be people of faith, but I want them to have the right kind of faith. 
And I think a lot of our generation, we just get like, we got to have more, 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 more. And it's like that, pouring it on to the altar and be like, look at all this stuff, God. But what's going to remain when that fire cleanses all that? And I think it's really important, and I'm learning this because I'm looking forward to the future. Vance and I had lunch the other day, and we were just kind of talking about the future stuff. We were dreaming together and encouraging each other and sharpening each other. I want to have the right kind of faith because I know I'm a man of faith. Like, I know I believe in people. I wouldn't be doing ministry if I didn't. I, I know I believe in God. Duh. But I also believe, I also believe that um, some of you don't know my story. I was diagnosed with a, a neurological disease uh, probably 10 years ago, but I've lived with it all my life. And a very real thought is, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, she's in this room but I, 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 last week, but I was talking to a friend of, of mine, and I said, I have, belief, I, have a, I have a faith and a belief that God will heal me and that God has healed me, right? Because I believe that. And the word says that. But I also live in a reality that I go, every day, pain will find me. I have a faith that pain will find me. I'm a man of faith. But I also just figured out that I'm putting my faith in the wrong thing. I want to ask you guys, as Pastor Vance is leading us through this series really beautifully, Every, everything that we've done from, from the beginning of the year in Fusion, uh, Firestarter, all these things, like we're asking God for more and we're walking into more. And I think I, we think our answer is, God, just give us more faith, more faith. But what kind of faith do you have? And what are you putting your faith into? So for me, my new thing, and this is what I'm learning, again, long-winded, sorry, I'm landing the plane good, here. It's good, it's good. What I'm, what I'm learning is not to ask God for more, to push past all this crazy stuff. But for me, I'm going, I know I'm a man of faith. My faith is here. I believe in the scriptures and I believe in the truth. But I have all this other faith and all this other junk. And God, I'm asking you to tear it down. Because when you do that, you have more faith in the right thing you have faith, period. But then as you go out, as you walk, as you go to work, as you build community, at whatever you're doing, you're doing it with the correct understanding, the correct theology. I've told every single young worshiper, I was a, I was a, a, a youth worship pastor for eight years. I looked at every single one of my worshipers. I said, good theology produces good worship. If you have an incorrect view of God, you will be worshiping who you think he is, not who he is. That's good. And it's that faith in other things that you have to tear down because you gotta make sure that foundation is set. So I have to go, son, you need to do this. Yeah, but God, God hasn't talked to me. So do you have a faith that God doesn't love you? Do you believe that God doesn't? No. Do you believe that God's gonna talk to you? Well, I know he will, but uh, he just hasn't. <sighs> Tay bet me a dollar that I was going to cry, and I'm going to cry. I want my kids to have the right kind of faith. I want my kids to believe that when they come to me and they've messed up, that they believe that dad will understand, that dad will hug them and love them and forgive them and walk beside them. But a lot of us don't have that kind of faith in God. I believe God will forgive, but I also believe that God will shame me. I believe that God is good, but I feel like I don't, I believe that all other bad things will find me. And my challenge to you tonight is not to have more of the thing that you already have. To have less of the things that you know are just dead wrong. Bring it down to the foundation so that at the end of all things, when everything is said and done and your life gets tested, everything will remain, not two items, not three, not 10, but 
everything that you have done will remain. Did you guys get anything from this tonight? Can we make some, just celebrate our panelists, please. Fusion staff. That was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you guys, seriously. Um, I don't need to say anything more. That was awesome. I just wanna close out in prayer. God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for speaking to us tonight. Father, I ask that everything that was spoken tonight would grow in our lives, God. Every seed that was planted, Lord, and every seed that was watered tonight, Lord. Lord, I just pray for cultivation to be happening right now. Lord, I just pray that throughout this series that we would just have our perspective altered and be okay with being under construction, God, that we would find value in the process, Lord, that we would not just be looking to achieve, Lord, but we would be looking for you to cultivate us, Lord. I pray that every story that was heard tonight, Lord, would just be taken in through the filter of what you are doing in each and every person's life, Lord. Lord, I pray a blessing over each and every person here, safety over them, protection and provision, We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Fusion. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.